0: The failure to act with sufficient ambition to avert the climate catastrophe will be the greatest moral failure of our time.
1: Making changes takes courage. And if we don't change things, we won't have a future.
0: I'm an environmentalist. A lot of people don't understand that. I think I know more about the environment than most people. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Change is coming, whether you like it or not.
1: Zero carbon. East Hall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista, I'm Ian Collins. This is episode 14 in a journey to gently educate governments and industry into the often seismic error of their ways. It's also a sounding board for you to get in touch with issues you feel strongly about on the whole area. If you're unaware of this ever-growing program in the podcast world, this series is essentially about the views, campaigns, and inner thoughts of one man, Dale Vince, the entrepreneur and environmentalist. He built his success in the green energy sector. He's the owner of Ecotricity the world's first energy company. He's also the chairman, by the way, of Forest Green Rovers, the world's first vegan football team. And just a point to start with on that, uh, if if we can, Dale. There is no football at the moment, but there might be football behind closed doors. What's going on here?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of work going on, a lot of talk and speculation in the media as well. I think Premier League are leading the way. Uh, They're determined to get their season back on. I think they're penciled in June, maybe first, second week of June. Um, And, you know, that's looked possible for a few weeks, actually. It requires some changes in the background. You know, uh, nationally, we need to see infection rates drop and that kind of stuff. Uh, But I think there are ways to do it. And uh, I've got my fingers crossed that we'll follow suit in the EFL, the English Football League Hmm. uh, that we're in. And um, we'll get to finish our season starting sometime around June, ending probably sometime around late July.
1: Does that leave just you in the stadium with a Forest Green Rovers rosette on, just clapping away? Yeah,
0: probably. Yeah, we haven't got any rosettes, but uh, other than that...
1: Uh, what mean, happened to really football rosettes? Where did they go? <laughs> That's a good point, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's time they came back, I think. Let's start with the United Nations. I oh, thought this is rather interesting. Secretary-General of the United Nations uh, this week talking about governments not using taxpayers' cash to rescue fossil fuel companies. Um, pretty significant announcement, really.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's right, isn't it? I mean, that's what we all, I say all, that's what a lot of us want to see not happen. We don't want to see the energy companies rescued. We don't want to see airlines rescued. And especially up without some kind of commitment to increase their uh, commitment to the environment. So there was a an announcement yesterday or news yesterday of 600 million uh, loaned to uh, EasyJet um, with no environment strings at all. And uh, looking at the the comments of the government and uh, the the head of EasyJet, it it really struck me that uh, what they're talking about, what they've had conversations about, is not introducing green taxes to flying. And I think that's a real mischaracterization of the situation. Uh, it's not that we need to introduce green taxes to flying, it's just that we need to introduce normal taxes to flying. So the fuel at the moment is tax-free. We just need to end that. And to, to kind of present that as a, as a green tax, I think is, uh, is you know, misinformation is bordering on uh, propaganda, uh, but that's how they like to see it. Don't, don't hit us with green taxes because we're vital to the economy. They're actually vital to climate change, to the climate crisis, and that's what we need to tackle.
1: Uh, so in fact, they should be treated the same as any other industry in terms of taxation at the moment. They're not
0: Yeah, just that we don't need to introduce so-called green taxes on airlines We just need to introduce normal ones, you know taxes on fossil fuels which do exist uh, on, on fuel uh, I mean, we have big subsidies for fossil fuels as well. This is a kind of hidden Negative version of a, of a green tax. It's brown support if you like and uh, and that exists as well But that's a different issue that very easy step is to say look airlines. You've got to pay fuel duty if that makes flying more expensive when it will, that's fine. Flying should be expensive because it does incredible damage. And the emissions from the airline industry globally have grown 26% over the last five years, and it's now into double digits in terms of its share of transport emissions for Britain. And, you know, we have to, we have to tackle it, and it's no good. Keep saying uh, airlines and flying are fundamentally important to the economy and we'll kind of wait for electric planes to come. That's no good. And this is what EasyJet said yesterday, actually.
1: Are you sensing, though, bearing in mind the huge impact all of this has had on airlines, that the need for less airline travel is going to happen anyway as a result of this? We know what's happened at British Airways uh, in the last week or so. Uh, Other airlines, uh, Virgin, are in trouble as well in this respect. Is there going to be a natural tail-off as people... As a result, rethink whether they even need to travel by play.
0: Well, I think it's a good question. And actually, even before we get to the point of seeing if there's still the same appetite for flying amongst the public, uh, the airline industry has to overcome a problem. Same as the football industry. How do you start games, in our case, not behind closed doors? How do you have crowds back in your stadium uh, and play your game safely? With an airplane, it's incredibly difficult to implement safe distancing for example. I mean, the atmosphere in a plane is contained and recirculated. I mean, if there's anywhere where you're going to catch a bug, it's in an airplane. And so I think these guys are going to have real problems coming back in a business as usual kind of sense. And um, I think it was Michael O'Leary that said that he simply wouldn't fly if he had to implement uh, safe distancing. Yeah. Well, great news. Um, let's hope Let's hope he keeps his promise. Yeah,
1: I mean, they're talking about it being a sort of four or five hour experience going to uh, the, the airport. Um, and even when you've gone through all of that, you won't be able to get a pint at the other end because bars might not be open either. So there may well be that point you think, do you know what, I'm just going to go to Cleethorpe's instead.
0: Actually, I think I was thinking about it myself this morning. I, I do think that holidays are going to be uh, very low on the list of people's priorities and very high on the list of people's perceptions of risk activities flying to get to a holiday i don't think is something that people are going to just pile back into
1: Well, you just brushed over my reference to cleethorpes dale as well what's wrong with cleethorpes
0: i'm not sure i've ever been to cleethorpes but my own personal favorite is cornwall you know, I like to go yeah. to Cornwall uh, for a break and stuff. But even that, when I was thinking about it this morning, uh, it was in the same context, not only is it like, you know, flying out the window, I've got the perfect kind of answer now when my family say, oh, why aren't we flying aboard for holidays? Like, duh, you know, why would we? Uh, but even Cornwall and, you know, staying in a hotel or a rented house or something, uh, you know, it presents an added risk that uh, I think it will be a while before we all consider to be acceptable.
1: Cleethoops is no Cornwall, and- I should just add on top of that. <laughs> It's probably slightly better than Bromley, but that's a whole other story. Let's move on to this man.
0: Listen, it's difficult because we've got, in my mind, three viruses that we're dealing with. The obvious one, the coronavirus. But the second virus is the Trump virus that needs to be eradicated nonviolently and legally at the polls. And the third virus is, is what I call the, the virus, the pre-Trump virus, the one that we've had for many years, long before Trump. It's not Trump. Trump didn't fall out of the sky. We had a number of things that we hadn't quite fixed yet in this country.
1: Uh, that's the film producer, Michael Moore. Uh, you could knock me down with a feather when I read about this, Dale, because I would have assumed if you look at Michael Moore's kind of background credentials politically, where you think he comes from, he would be the sort of person that might be hugely sympathetic to Green-based issues. But he's now produced a new documentary, which actually takes aim at the Green Movement, in fact, accuses it of hypocrisy.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised by that as well. I've read a couple of articles about it, i read a lot of comments online, uh, people calling it clickbait, saying it's twisting the facts, that it's based on stuff that happened 10 years ago, that kind of stuff. That's the picture I've got. I've not seen it yet, but I'm going to try and find the time, maybe over the weekend, to watch it. But I'm surprised, like you are, like most people are. But I imagine at the heart of it is untruth. Uh, and there may be hypocrisy in the green movement I mean I'm sure there is I I haven't got any doubt that there is and lots of companies that greenwash and say one thing and do another but that shouldn't undermine the case for green measures for the you know the move to a green economy and fighting climate change I mean that shouldn't and I don't know if the film itself actually challenges the uh, concept of man-made climate change or not do you know that
1: I don't, no.
0: If it doesn't do that, then, uh, you know, I, think, yeah. I don't think it's such a big deal. It's probably just a bit of gossiping and backbiting about some people in the green industry, which is fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of like it. Some of his stuff is a bit infuriating, but I kind of like his stuff. He's got a, he's got something clearly going on there.
0: I watched Bowling for Columbine uh, a long yeah. time ago. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was quite riveting. Yeah, watch. Indeed.
1: Indeed. <laughs> Uh, this is in from Jim, uh, email from Jim. Love the podcast, Dale. Um, been subscribing since episode one. I've heard you're publishing a biography. Will there be an audio book of this? I'm blind.
0: I don't know if there's a plan for an audio book, but now that you've said that, Jim, I'm going to talk to the publisher. That's Penguin. Uh, so I imagine they can do such a thing. And um, i see if I can make that happen.
1: When is this out? Oh, has it got to be written first, I guess?
0: Yeah, it's got to be written first. It's underway. Um, yeah. We almost, almost nailed the first chapter in the last few days i would think summer i don't know but maybe summer we you know we had some ideas to go around doing uh, book fairs and stuff like that but that seems unlikely to be happening Are yeah we kicking around ideas of doing uh, our own digital uh, version of book fairs uh, sure I, th- I think we'll have fun with it but it's um it's a story that probably over the last 10 years uh, i've been asked a number of times to to write you know the story of Uh, my life and I never really felt I had the time or that it was the time to do that but increasingly uh, probably it was about six months ago uh, that uh, uh, Penguin came to me and said uh, you know they're interested and said do you know what maybe now is a good time to do that within the book it's not just about my experience in life but how it's led to uh, the manifesto that I pursue you know Mm. the uh, the issues of energy transport and food uh, greening up Britain that kind of stuff and how that all kind of hangs together.
1: Was there ever a point? I mean, just on on that issue, uh, when you were, you know, you built your first windmill years ago, um, and people thought, what, "What is this man doing?" And you managed to demonstrate and show that this actually works, and it, it it's complete common sense, and uh, there's not really any arguments that you could construct against that sort of thing. Uh, and you were very early to the the table on that kind of stuff. But bearing in mind what the kind of green. Movement or environmental arguments have been up against the impenetrability of government after government of all colors right across the planet. Some better than others, but you know we know there's been a pattern. Was there ever a point you thought this isn't worth it? I can't, I, I can't win this. I can't get into this game because it, it, it's too big. It's too big to even begin to challenge, let alone win.
0: No, <laughs> sorry, but the answer is no uh, to that that question Uh, I can offer you this one uh, anecdote or a memory in the process of building that first windmill that took five years um, and it turned into a battle against all comers it was quite incredible and there was a point probably three years in uh, when it was dominating my life and I did think to myself what have I done uh, getting into this Uh, I couldn't really see the light at the end of the tunnel but I knew that I couldn't give up and so I was kind of committed bound to this uh, seemingly endless cause but you know it's in my nature not to quit having committed to do something so I kept going and five years later built it and that really began everything.
1: But when you read something I we were just talking about the airlines and the kind of the narratives around you know aspiring to be greener and air travel should be greener and all the issues are around the taxation or the lack of taxation in that industry do you ever think hang on a second we've just had a gazillion debates about this every politician of all colors whether they mean it or not is very keen to stand up there uh, and, and preen their environmental whiskers in front of the world and yet uh, it just goes back to this it just returns back to where we began where with almost no consideration for this issue in things like airlines does that not completely irk you dale
0: no very few things uh, managed to achieve that I do think there are people that want it all to go back to where it was, and, and but I think there are plenty of people that uh, also don't want that. But I tell you what I do find worth flagging is is this, that the virus itself has, has got its roots in, in the climate crisis challenge. The sectors of energy transport and food have got their fingerprints all over the virus. So, for example, there have been a series of announcements by scientists to the effect that it's factory farming that has caused this virus to come to be. It's a zoonetic virus, which means it's travelled from animals to humans. There are about 143 of them that are known in the world. So it's not a new thing. And eight times as many are caused through factory farmed animals as are through wild animals. So it's not about Chinese eating uh, wild animals is factory farming on a global scale that's caused this zoonotic virus to be in existence one of 143 at the moment the rate at which we fly transport uh, has caused it to spread around the world at breakneck speed has been just incredible and uh, pollution from the burning of fossil fuels has exacerbated the death rate anybody exposed to polluted air before the virus is much more likely to die. Several studies are showing that. And uh, a study from Holland, I think it was uh, last week, showed that the virus is actually present on pollution particles. It looks like it's hitching a ride because the virus particle is quite small and dense compared to pollution. And so it acts, it is like a a passenger on an airplane. It attaches to a, a bigger, less dense pollution particle, and it can, move around that way. What they don't know is yet if it's a viable amount of virus. But it could be that pollution is not just lowering our defences making us more susceptible to death through the virus but is actually helping to spread it around as well so you've got energy transport and food written right across this crisis
1: yeah i was watching an interview with jane goodall the environmentalist this week and she was right on the money on exactly this point she was talking about other viruses and how you can trace it exactly into the very thing you're talking about there you know it's, it's, you don't have to be a scientist to realize this
0: And we have to make that connection. We have to say, you know, this isn't some freak of nature. And this is the danger, I think, that politicians will say, oh, well, you know, that couldn't have been foreseen, although, of course, it was many times, uh, you know, by our own uh, medical experts. It couldn't have been foreseen. It's just happened, and now we have to, you know, get on with life as usual. This is a direct consequence of modern living in the same way that the climate crisis is, and we have to tackle both.
1: I was just saying before, uh, do you ever sort of feel like giving it all up when you read headlines about airlines and and other industries that simply ignore everything you talk about? Uh, But then on the other side of it, you get headlines such as this, renewable electricity will be the only source resilient to the biggest global energy shock in 70 years triggered by coronavirus, according to the world's energy watchdog. So uh, there are headlines that actually do tap in positively to the sort of thing you talk about. Dale.
0: Yeah. And these are the kind of consequences that, uh, you know, we can't see or see that are coming for sure. But they could be fantastic consequences from this virus. You know, it could be it could trigger the the more rapid beginning of the end of the fossil fuel era. Hmm. I can see that happening. And Britain has just gone 18, well, probably 19 now, days without coal, uh, yeah. which is, you know, just like a record since uh, the Industrial Revolution. You know, there, there are these consequences. Will the demand for energy recover in the same way that the demand for flying may or may not? I don't think that it will. I, I think there's, there's a huge economic impact, maybe 35% of, of UK GDP. Uh, this is what the government are forecasting could happen which is yeah. i mean it's just ginormous it's unprecedented we won't bounce back from that in the way that boris johnson likes to uh, glibly say that's just fake optimism it's not going to happen it's
1: not uh, rob on facebook says what electric vehicle are you driving these days dale uh, we're looking to get something family sized
0: oh interesting question because uh, i had an i3 for a few years and the lease is just about to run out and just before lockdown I had an e-tron uh, for a couple of days on trial and then the Audi garage shut down and couldn't take it back <laughs>
1: <So> <laughs> Still got <it. laughs>
0: five weeks later I've still got an e-tron and I haven't driven uh, anywhere I didn't for a couple of weeks and I have popped into the office a few times, but it's a supercar. It is a family mm. car for sure, it's got a yeah. range of, uh, I mean, today mind saying 200 miles in the tank. Uh, wow. I don't know if that's real in real world, but it holds up really well on long journeys. Just before the lockdown, I did uh, drive one down to visit Chris Packham, uh, that was my first experience with the E-tron. I love it, uh, the controls are like really um, user-friendly and the whole car is just so easy to drive. So, I mean, you know, I would say that that is a great car.
1: A Couple of final bits here, the three in four campaign. Tell us what the three in four campaign is.
0: Yeah, this is from our uh, friends and partners Viva and um, and, and it's basically three three out of four of these uh, viruses uh, that, 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 you know, keep occurring are coming from factory farming again it comes back to this so back point. to that yeah it's our food choice that's killing us and in so many ways uh, you know this is not a freak of nature this virus is not an act of god it's none of those things it's an act of man and our and our choice to abuse animals in factory farming i can't say that often enough
1: and a final one, before we go to Mr. Trump, of course. Ecotricity, your company, changing the flag, your, your emblem, as it were. What's happening here?
0: Yeah, that's going to happen tomorrow. And we've got a big flag down the front of our building. I mean, like a really big flag. Yeah. And uh, we seem to have some fun with it. During the whole Brexit debate, we stuck up an EU flag. And that upset <laughs> quite a few people. And, um, yeah, tomorrow we're going to stick up a big rainbow flag just, uh, you know, just in honour of uh, not just the NHS, but all, all key and frontline workers, you know, people that are still doing their jobs, taking great risks, you know, for the sake of everybody else. Uh, that's all it is.
1: And finally, uh, he's excelled himself, this man.
0: Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light, and I think you said that has him in check, but you're going to test it. there's a tremendous number of logs, so it'd be interesting to check that. So that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds it sounds interesting to me.
1: Who knew, Dale? It was as simple as that. It was just a bit of disinfectant uh, in the system sorts it all out.
0: Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, it's staggering. If um, if you made this up, you know, I think you'd be ridiculed. It's it's beyond satire. It's beyond any kind of reasonable amount of satire. You know that, that somebody could say such a thing. Uh, you know somebody in that position and with that platform Uh, part of me wishes that he had demonstrated it himself
1: (laughs) (laughs) the best the best part of the video though is i don't know if you saw it is the doctor sitting in the corner who is doing her best to um she wants to clearly cringe and die um, but she's also aware that she has a kind of public responsibility so she wants to try and retain a veneer of... Um, Teamwork. of Yes, of understanding that there is the President of the United States. I'm sitting next to him. I'm a medical advisor and this man is wheeling out absolute arrant nonsense and guff right now. But I want to be diplomatic and how can I do this? And it's a little bit like if you ask somebody to sit still and not grimace as you bashed their big toe with a mallet and that's the look on her face as Trump was- continues.
0: I think she was tolerating like you might... You might tolerate a, a toddler or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just disinfectant, was it? He? he talked about ultraviolet light and getting that into the body somehow. I mean, God knows what he has in his mind. Uh, yeah. But you know, Trump himself is like a virus, and he's impervious to uh, the truth. Uh, you know, that that's the kind of thing that normally kills off liars and and uh, deceitful people. But it doesn't seem to affect him. And this one event, though, seems to have affected him more than his other 20-odd thousand lives since he'd been in office. Yeah. Somebody said to him,
1: you realise there are people experimenting with disinfection? He he put his hands up, nothing to do with me. he, He said I was being sarcastic. No, you demonstrably were not. You were wheeling out what you thought was medical advice. We've got
0: our own version of Donald Trump. Boris Johnson says that the world is looking in envy at the success that we've had fighting the virus. You know, we've got was it uh, the eighth highest death rate in the world with yeah. a hundredth of the world's population there's nothing successful about our treatment of the virus quite the opposite but you know people like trump and johnson they uh they you know they they're impervious to facts
1: it's a curious choice of words wasn't it looking on at the success we've had Dale, will speak on the next episode. That's it for this week. Uh, don't forget to subscribe for free to this podcast so you get each new episode automatically. Do leave a review as well. Really important bit. Make sure you follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash Vince. and we'll see you on the next one. Zero Carbon East off.